The preceding message is brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Stay tuned after this message for more information about Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Seeing you, knowing you, and becoming more and more like you is the master key to the total life transformation that we desire. So again, I pray this morning you will help us one and all to catch your spirit in this house and to catch the word that you have spoken over our lives this season. Thank you that this is the least any of us will ever be. We give you the praise, Jesus. We bless your name. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Remain standing for a moment. I wished we had more time. There are so many songs of praise rising in my heart. But I've already taken time I'm supposed to use to teach. So let me start from here again. We are, we, are, we are revealing Jesus. And we are teaching about Jesus. This is vital to knowing Jesus. You've got to be a praiser. You've got to be a praiser. And it can't only be in church like this. We don't have the time anymore. Please hear me and hear me well. We don't. There were those days where practically every Sunday morning we could have 30 minutes of worship, 20 minutes of worship. Please, those of you that are in the habit of coming late to church, you can't afford it anymore. The praise is in the beginning of the service. Oh, once in a while we will have special praise services. Next Sunday we will have a lot of time for extended praise. During night vigil we will have time for extended praise. Once in a while we will have special praise services. But they cannot be every Sunday. And you need to be a praiser as a lifestyle every day. So praise for you and I can't be something we do in church. Praise the Lord. Yes, we will praise in church like we've done this morning. And every time we do, we will always experience Jesus. You can't call him in praise and he won't respond. You can't have water and it will not be wet. Glory be to God. Say with me, praise has to be my life. I can't hear somebody this morning. Say with me, praise has to be my life. If I am going to know Jesus, I've got to learn to praise him by myself. Now, let me say this here as well. The good news is this. Whatever we are teaching in church, no matter how deep it sounds, no matter how complicated it looks, you can start from where you are. Pastor T, God doesn't need to praise God like uh, Benny Hinn. To hear your praise God needs you to praise God like you are where you are with all your mistakes with all your flaws with all the things you've gotten right just where you are say with me just as I am and just where I am so if all you know to do is Jesus 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 or Oluwaetobi sing it start from there can I hear a loud amen? amen and Jesus will begin to reveal more and more of himself to you hallelujah just stay there and one day you will catch a sight, a glimpse, a revelation of him that will change your life forever. Glory be to God. Now take a minute quickly, leave those hands where you are, give him praise. Your own way, right where you are. Your own way. Ah, you have to know Jesus. So. That's what this season is about. And one way you know him is in the place of your praise. I praise you, Jesus. I praise you, Jesus. I worship you. I honor you. Come on, praise him, praise him, praise him. Praise him. I worship you. You are so good to me. 
in all circumstances. Oh, Jesus, this God is too good. Oh, I bless you. I magnify you. Oh, I love you because you first loved me. I give you the glory. I give you the praise. There is no higher calling. There is no greater honor than to praise you and to worship you. Wrap me in your arms, oh Jesus. Wrap me in your arms. Hold me close. Draw me close. Every broken part of my heart, every broken part of my life, I lay at your feet because I know you can make it whole. Jesus, hold me now. Let me feel you in this place. To know you are by my side and to hear your voice in this night season that I'm in. I worship you, King of glory. Something is happening to somebody right now. Come on, worship him. Jesus, 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 Jesus. How beautiful you are. How glorious you are. Oh, he's not far. <laughs> he's not far. He's a very present help in the time of need. He will never leave you, never forsake you. You plug in and you connect with him in the place of worship and praise. He's not far. He's not far. Jesus. We bless your name this day. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you. Send your word, O oh God. We pray in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Please have your seats. So I want to challenge everyone all through this week. Maintain a spirit and an atmosphere of praise all around you. And when we come for the mid-year mega Thanksgiving service next Sunday, is the last Sunday of the month of June, we are going to have a time of extended praise and thanksgiving. But build up towards it all through the course of this week. Praise the Lord. You want to know Jesus? Be a praiser of Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's go on. First Peter chapter 2. I have limited time. I will just continue from where I stopped with the exhortation. Our purpose is to unveil Jesus, to reveal Jesus more and more to us. To bring everyone that is a child of God in this house and every true Christian to that point where they can pray like Apostle Paul prayed in Philippians 3 and 10, that I may know him. That is coming from someone that wrote two thoughts of the New Testament. That I may know him. Your Christianity, my Christianity, must ultimately be about Jesus, about him. Let's be aware of the challenges we are facing in our generation. I think sometimes that's why we fail or we tend towards failure. We underestimate the adversity of the challenges we are facing. And many times we just end up being embarrassed. Let me just quickly go there so I know I won't have to think about it again. That's why Super Eagles will lose the matches like that kind of match they used yesterday. could have predicted it. Now, I'm not saying we are going out, but those kind of things will happen. 
Let, let me tell you why these kind of things happen. To play football at that level, it's not just about gathering 11 skillful players and giving them pretty jersey. No. Let me tell you what's about. You develop a football academy. They start playing football from the age of five. And they go to play football practically every day. There's a training campus there. There are coaches that that's what their lives are devoted to. They, that's how you come. And that's why in Nigeria we never win World Cup if we continue like this. It's not a cause. Now, even if we win per adventure, I'm just going there and I'm going to connect to what I'm teaching. Please stay with me. I'm not just talking football. But let's get rid of the elephant in the room. <laughs> and let's help all the football fans in the house. Even if we ever win, at best, it can only be a Leicester kind of winning. You can never reproduce it if you don't do the things that are needed to get the kind of results you want. You need to know. And if you look at the nations that do very well, and this is any kind of sports, that's what it takes to compete at that level. That's what it takes. So how do the Germans keep winning? They have a football system. But we think, ah, no, we don't need a football system. Let's go and borrow their people. But you won't win. And even if once in a while you win, you will never be able to sustain it. Now, bring that into what we are talking about today here. Many people try to make different things about Christianity. Ah, it's about power. Hey, it's about this, about that. And I'm telling you, no, it's not about any of those things. Just like football is not about having a, a pretty jersey, I mean, playing at that World Cup level where the best players in the world come about. It's not about pretty jersey. It's not about, nothing wrong if you have fine jersey. But you will not win the competition with a fine jersey. You win the competition in 2018 by starting preparation in 2000. The same way, child of God, to enjoy this Christianity that you want. Nothing wrong with the miracles, nothing wrong with the blessings, not, nothing wrong with anything. Ah, I want this. When challenges come, I want to overcome them. The key is to know Jesus. That's why people like Paul will pray the kind of prayer they prayed. First Peter, let's look at something powerful Peter said here. First Peter 2.21. This is a scripture we have, most of us are familiar with, particularly those of us that have learned to use our faith for healing. First Peter 2.21. Glory be to God. In fact, jump down to verses 24 and 25, which is, is, is where we normally read. First Peter chapter 2. I want to start from verse 21, because that's where Peter began his thought from. But verses... Um, 24, 25, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we haven't died to sins. Let me hear someone shout through Jesus. I have died to sins and sins shall no longer dominate my life. It's a powerful message on its own. We haven't died to sins. We might live to righteousness. Declare with me, through Jesus, I am and I have been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That means I have a right standing with God. I can come before God regardless of what I've done or what I've not done. And not just because of what I've done or what I've not done, but because of what Jesus did. Hallelujah. And by the power of that standing, I can live right. But essentially, is that right standing. 
By whose stripes you are healed. Verse 25. For we were like sheep going astray, but having now returned to the shepherd and overseer of our souls. Hallelujah. It's a powerful revelation of Jesus there. Now, what's the revelation? Jesus is your shepherd. That's what David saw in Psalm 23. You see, the whole Bible is about Jesus. So even in the Old Testament, remember what we studied in Luke 24 last week, Luke 24 and Acts chapter 1, when Jesus came on the road of Emmaus, and I told all of us we are all walking on the road of Emmaus, and started talking with those disciples, the Bible said from in Genesis or from Moses, he began to speak to them about himself. The whole Bible is about Jesus. So when David penned that psalm in Psalm 23, what he was doing or what he was experiencing and encountering is what we are believing for you and I today. He saw Jesus. Now, he didn't write Jesus there, but he knew it was the Lord. The Lord is my shepherd. He knew that. He caught a revelation. And like I said earlier this morning, it's not necessarily when we say revelation, it doesn't have to refer to something you don't know. It can be the blood of Jesus you have been taking forever, Pastor T. But when God speaks it afresh to you as a rema, it will break the power of barrenness in your life. It doesn't have to be something you've never had before. But this is Peter revealing something about Jesus here. Jesus is the shepherd and the overseer of our souls. Not only that, verse 24, Jesus is our healer. He's the one that took away our sin. He's the one that took away our sicknesses. So all that he's saying here, glory be to God, is about revealing Jesus to us. And that has to be the crux the rock of your Christianity. We said that, we looked at that last week. Jesus is so interested in Matthew 16, he looked at Peter, who, first of all, who do, does everybody say I am? Then he now told them, who do you say I am? You need to be able to tell who Jesus is. Praise God. And the only way you'll be able to get it right, particularly for the situations and circumstances you need, if you've been following this teaching, you will see that we are revealing Jesus in so many myriad of ways. When you need to see him as a shepherd and overseer, you need to see him as that. When you need to see him as a healer, you need to see him as that. When you need to see him as one that takes away your sins, you need to see him. He is a thousand and one things and everything to us. Glory be to God. And knowing him, Peter got up and told Jesus, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. The response Jesus gave there is what we looked at last week, very powerful. God gave you that revelation. Hallelujah. Again, Jesus had told them many times he was the Christ, he was the Messiah. But Peter caught it by revelation. Somebody lift your hands this morning and say, I catch a fresh revelation of Jesus. Ah, I can't hear you and I can't feel you. Lift both hands out loud and shout, I catch a fresh revelation. And he said, I will build my church on that. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. So that's what Peter is demonstrating to us here. A revelation of who Jesus is. Now, verse 21. Look at what he said here. And connect this to what Paul was saying in Philippians 3.10. And all this is about knowing Christ. Watch this. For to you, you are called. For to this you are called. Because Christ also suffered for us. Paul said, I want to know him, number one. I want to know the power of his resurrection. 
and I want to know the fellowship of his suffering. If by any means I can be conformed to his death. All that is knowing Jesus starts with knowing Jesus and it includes everything he said. There are those four things he mentioned. It's all about knowing Jesus. Peter now takes it further here. For this you are called because Christ also suffered, leaving us an example that you should follow. Hallelujah. Leaving us an example that you should follow. So, knowing Jesus, and this is a major emphasis of what we are teaching here. Yes, thank God that he will heal us. Thank God he will provide for us. Thank God he will do all those things for us and we should gladly receive these things. I'm not the least bit against you receiving these things. In fact, lift your hand. Say with me, I receive my healing now. I receive my prosperity now. I receive my next level now. Then I want you to receive them. But knowing him goes beyond that. It includes this aspect of him following his example. Following his example. Even to areas of suffering. Because Jesus suffered. Now, I, I, I went into a bit of this on Wednesday. There are some dimensions of his suffering that you and I don't have to suffer. Because it was our substitute in that regard. So nobody should leave this service and go to Isaleko and tell them to construct a cross for you. That I'm just coming from church. And my pastor just preached that I should, Jesus, I should follow the example of Jesus. Where Jesus died on the cross. Me too, I'm going to die on the cross. Nail that cross for me. Put me on the cross. Drive the nail in my hand. You're on your own. That's not what I'm teaching you. <laughs> but I'm teaching you that there are examples we can draw. And I believe we get into this as we go on, probably not this week, maybe next week, where Jesus said, everyone should take up his cross and follow me. Look at your neighbor and say, you have a cross to, to carry. Follow me. Follow me. And that's what we want to talk about. Seeing Jesus, knowing Jesus, to the point where you catch a glimpse of who he is. As an example for you to follow. And live your life that way. That is the crux of Christianity. That's how you are going to win one couple. That's how you are going to win one couple, my brother, my sister. If you don't do that, Germany will beat you in the final. And Croatia will beat you in your group matches. You may win some matches from time to time. But he said, I will give you the keys of the kingdom when you know who I am. Whatever you bind on earth, you will bind things. Recession will come, you will bind it. And heaven will back you up. Praise God. Sickness and disease will come, you will bind it. Why? Because you know who he is. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. You are this, you are that, you are that, you are that. And this is the person I need you to be for me at this time. And I walk after that example. And that's how you live as a Christian. And I'm telling you, child of God, that's even how you're going to enjoy all these benefits you want to enjoy. Can I hear loud, amen? amen? Knowing this, look at the text again. Christ suffered for us, leaving us an example that we should follow his steps. And he went further. Look at verse 23. Look at examples of him who committed no sin, 
nor was any deceit found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but he committed himself to him who judges righteously. Hallelujah. Are you with me this morning? This aspect of our Christianity, of seeing Jesus, knowing him, and following his example is what we want to focus on this season of our lives. And it's a major key to our total life transformation. This is how Jesus started his journey with many of his disciples. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Hallelujah. Follow me. And they followed him. And they learned things from him. And from ignorant and unlearned men, they were changed. Hallelujah. And they became world transformers or world changers. That is the same destiny that God has for you. Somebody say, Jesus, my destiny changer. This season of my life, come and change my destiny. As I see you and as I follow you. As I see you and as I follow your example in my everyday life. Hallelujah. That's our goal this season. So, John chapter 12 again. John chapter 12. The Greeks came. We will see Jesus. Verse 20. Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Is that still your prayer, somebody in this house? Come on, pray it again. Sir. And in your own case, when you are saying sir, you are not talking to Philip. And you are not talking to Andrew. You are talking to who? No, you are not talking to Jesus. You are talking to who? Try again. You are talking to who? I gave you the answer. You forgot. You are talking to who? Holy Ghost. Thank you, my brother. Praise God. Andrew is not here. Philip is not here. But bless God, you have an unction from the Holy One and he knows everything. And that anointing you have received abides in you. And he will teach you all things. So say, sir, Holy Spirit, I wish to see Jesus. I'm telling you, church, make that your focus this season. I know you want healing. But you will get the healing, no? If I prophesy over you again, by the stripes of Jesus, you are healed. But I'm teaching you by making Jesus your focus. That is the way you are going to be grounded in who and what it means to be a Christian so that you can enjoy the benefit of healing. So we will see Jesus. When Jesus answered, had the prayer, Jesus said, it's time for me to go and die. Now, the things he said is what we are looking at. It was, and Jesus always spoke in parables. You have to look closely to what he's saying and interpret it in the light of some of the things he had taught before to really get an understanding of what he's saying. So, look at verse 24 again. I want you to read verse 24 to verse 20. Um, let's stop at 26 or 27. Let's see how it goes. Verse 24. Most assuredly, I say to you, every time Jesus says most assuredly or verily, verily in the King James, it means what he's saying is very serious. Stop your neighbor and say, pay attention. Glory be to God. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground, and dies, it remains alone. But if it does, it produces much grain. And what he's doing in that verse is he's referring to himself as a grain of wheat. Hallelujah. L let me show you something powerful here. Matthew, praise the Lord. Matthew, um, Kalaboshada Baba Baba. Chapter 13, Matthew 13, 
What did he mean when he said, except a grain of wheat falls to the ground? Matthew 13, verse 24. Let's read the parable. And I'll try and tie it up from somewhere around here. If you're in Matthew 13, 24, shout aloud, Amen. Amen. Those of you that didn't talk, please, if you're sitting next to them, ask them, where's your Bible? Where's your Bible? Hallelujah. Another parable he put forth to them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. While men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. So when he said, except a grain of wheat falls to the ground, you see, if you've been following him, he was referring to things he had taught before. And in this particular case, this parable connects with what he's teaching there. I am the grain of wheat. The single grain of wheat that if I remain alive, I will only be one. But if I die, I have the opportunity to multiply and produce much grain, and God will have many more children other than myself. Hallelujah. So he told them that parable, and if you've ever studied it, if you've not, you can read it when you get home from verse 24 all the way to verse 32, thereabouts. He said, that sower sowed a grain of wheat, and while he slept, an enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat. Hallelujah. And later on, the disciples came to meet him and, say, and said, explain to me, explain to us, verse 36, explain to us the parable of the tares in the field. Verse 37, watch his explanation. He who sowed the good seed is the son of man. Praise the Lord. The son of man is the seed. The son of man is the sower of the seed. Every time Jesus said the son of man, there was referring to himself. But he used that reference deliberately to let us know that I am a man like you are a man. Yes, I am also God. There are some other places who call himself the son of God. But I want you to know that I'm a man. I have come down from my divinity to identify with your humanity. Praise the Lord. And he did that for a deliberate purpose so that certain things that he did in the flesh as a man, he can be an example to you and I. So that you and I can follow that example. And not keep telling ourselves, ah, I'm not Jesus. I can't do the things Jesus did. Yes, we know there are some things Jesus did you can't do. Granted. But child of God, there are several things he did that you can do. Like what he's doing here. So you use that phrase, son of man, deliberately, intentionally. The field is the world. Verse 38. The good seeds are the sons of men. Or sons of the kingdom. After the wheat has multiplied, there will be many more sons. Hallelujah. But the tares are the wicked one. Verse 39. The enemy that sowed them is the devil. So on one hand, Jesus is sowing or multiplying seeds. Satan is also sowing. Glory be to God. Verse 39. The enemy that sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age. And the reapers are the angels. And he went on and on and on that in those last days he will tell the angels to come and gather the harvest praise the lord when the enemy sowed those tears the disciples asked him should we go and rip out the tears and i said no leave them till the time of the harvest and at the time of the harvest i will say to the reapers the angels gather the wheat into the barn hallelujah and gather the tears and throw them into the oven where they'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth 
I want to announce to somebody on the sound of my voice today, we are in the time of the harvest. I said we are in the time of the harvest. And like I showed you a couple of weeks ago, Jesus is the reaper of the souls. Revelations 14, verses 14 to 16. He is reaping the harvest. Hallelujah. He sowed himself as a seed. In John chapter 12, verse 20. He has now got many more seeds in return. You and I, children of God. Hallelujah. And there are, there's a world there with people that are not of God, that are sinners. But he wants us to reap the harvest with him. Praise the Lord. Are you still here? Most assuredly, I say to you, back to John 12, 24, except a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains alone, but if it dies, it produces much grain. So from that, we see Jesus as number one, the seed for the harvest, the sower of the harvest, and what I just showed you in Matthew 13, the reaper of the harvest. And all this is telling us that Jesus is primarily interested in the salvation of the souls of men. So interested that he will die for them. And this is one revelation of Jesus we must have. One exemplary revelation of Jesus we must have. That as we see it, and I pray the eyes of your understanding are open as I'm speaking again to you on this matter this morning. You will Choose to become like him. Oh, to be like you. I give my life to know you. That's what Paul was doing in Philippians 3.10. Everything I am, everything I have, I count as dung. That I may have the excellence of the knowledge of Christ. That I may know Jesus as this wonderful soul winner. Wonderful reaper of souls. And to be like him. Oh, I don't have to start at the level Jesus is. I don't have to start at the level that Apostle Paul is. I don't even need to start at the level Apostle Peter is. I don't need to know the level Dr. K is. Pastor Tim may even be too far for me. But bless God. From where I am, I can take one step. Hallelujah. And after that step, I can take the next step. And who knows, one day. A greater than Solomon is here. Let me quickly close. So he showed himself as the wheat, the seed that will produce much grain. And he was referring to souls. Verse 25. He who loves his life will lose it. We are still talking about seeing Jesus, the exemplary dimension of Jesus. So I'm not going to love my life so much that I won't be able to sacrifice it. Can I talk to the fathers again? On this Father's Day, this is what Father Wood is. Sacrifice. Sacrifice. That's the hallmark of fathers. You, you lay your life down for your spouse. Said, husband loves your wife. How? Like Christ loved the church. How did Christ love the church? He laid down his life. Men that can't sacrifice for their wives, there's something about Jesus they are not seeing. And that they are not getting. Men that can't sacrifice for their children, there's something about Jesus they are not seeing, that they are not getting. May your eyes be open today to this in the name of Jesus. Please, everything he's saying there in parable form is answering those people's hearts cry. We want to see Jesus. You want to see me? I will show you who I am. I'm the grain of wheat that has to die so that others will live. And I will tell you how I die. I lay down my life 
Watch this, verse 25, look at it closely. He who loves his life will lose it. He who hates his life in this world will keep it for life eternal. So, I, 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 you need to be careful with that phrase, hate there. It's not telling you that you're going to commit suicide or anything. It's just saying that your life is not so valuable to you to the point where you can't make sacrifices for others as you ought. Jesus had to make a sacrifice for humanity that we may be saved. You and I, from time to time, and let me even focus on the men again on this Father's Day, from time to time it will be demanded of you to make sacrifices. That's what it means to be a man. Love her like Christ loved the church. He never told the woman to die for the man, but he told the husband to die for the wife. Again, please don't go to Isaleko and have them construct a cross for you and nail yourself to a cross. <laughs> we are talking symbolically here. Praise the Lord. But you get the point. All right, let me quickly go on. I need to close. Are you still here? He who loves his life will lose it. He who hates his life. Praise the Lord. He will keep it. And I love this. The sacrifice you are making today is going to come back in multiple harvests for you tomorrow. The suffering and the pain you are going through today, you will be rewarded for it massively tomorrow. It is leaving your hand now, but it's not leaving your life. It's coming back in multiple return you will gain it to eternal life. The book of Hebrews said this about Jesus, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despised the shame, and now is set at the right hand of God. So Jesus wasn't a dummy. He wasn't a fool. He knew that this seed I'm sowing, this sacrifice I'm making, this life I'm laying down, I am not wasting it. I am not losing it. I am making an investment. That will yield returns for God and for me also. Hallelujah. Tap your neighbor and say, think like Jesus, think like Jesus, think like Jesus. Tap your neighbor and say, see like Jesus, see like Jesus, see like Jesus. Then tell yourself, I see Jesus, I see Jesus. And look at me everybody, read my lips, follow his example. Whatever image of an excellent life you want to live, this is the way to get there. Seeing Jesus and being like him. Start from where you are. Praise God. Verse 26. Let me stop there. My time is already far gone. Verse 26. If anyone serves me, let him do what? Let him follow me. Two things there. Number one, you are to serve him. You are to serve him. I want to challenge everyone under the sound of my voice, particularly if you're a member of this church. Serve him. Serve him. If you are not in the active service of Jesus, look at me, look at me. It means there's something about Jesus you are not seeing. There's something about Jesus you are not knowing that you ought to know. Find a place to serve him. And I want you to serve him in this church. Recently, we created a new platform. Because when I say in this church, now I'm not saying you must be an usher, you must be a singer. No, you can be anything you want to be. Just make sure through the word of God that is going out through this church, through the ministry of Jesus that is going through this church, you have a part to play. So even if your own desire is outside, maybe you're a career person and you feel you are devoted to your career or you're a business person or you are doing one social ministry or you are into politics or into sports, 
You are the one that's going to transform football in Nigeria, so maybe one day we can win World Cup. <laughs> Amen. If that is your calling, I don't have a problem with it. Just make sure you are serving God with that calling. Serving Jesus with it. If anyone serves me, follow me. See me. Desire to be like me. Follow my example. Hallelujah. Follow me and where I am, there my servants will be also. If anyone serves me, him, my father will honor. So I gave you three things about Jesus that I want us to see. Number one is a what? Is a soul winner. Glory be to God. Say like Jesus is a soul winner. I am also a soul winner. All these four things we see in that text. Number two, Jesus is an intercessor. We talked about that extensively last week. We saw the other prophecies that spoke about him dying for humanity and they brought out the fact that he interceded for men. Number three, he is a generous giver. These are things we should follow about Jesus. He gave so much that he gave his life. Next Sunday, I'm going to talk to you in depth about that. He's a generous giver. And number four, he is a servant of God. He's a servant of God. And I want to tell everyone and anyone under the sound of my voice this morning, these four things you can be also in your everyday life. Praise the Lord. See them about him, follow them. And I challenge you and I'm telling you, as you grow in these things and you do them, you will be amazed the kind of things God will bring to pass in your life. I prophesy over you again, this is the least you will ever be. See, the more you see Jesus and you become more and more, the more you are transformed. The more you are transformed, the more you become that which God ordained for you to become. I speak over somebody's life this morning, this season of your life. The things that eyes have not seen, that ears have not heard, that have not even entered the hearts of men. But God has ordained for you. As you see Jesus and you follow his example, those things shall come to pass mightily in your life. In the name of Jesus! Watch this. Peter saw Jesus and some of the disciples for a few years. When Jesus died, it was the greatest challenge of their life. The first temptation that came to them, and Peter practically fell for it, was to go back to who they were before they saw Jesus. So Peter went back to do his fishing business. You know that happens to many Christians? They come to Christ... They hear about Jesus. They hear messages like this. They start doing it. Things are going well for them. All of a sudden, a tragedy strikes. It can be in their health. It can be family. Or something they thought will happen didn't happen. The first temptation is to go back to your fishing business. Go back to start doing what you were doing before, before you saw Jesus. So you see such people where after they saw Jesus as a soul winner, they were involved in soul winning. But something happened, they have gone back to the way they were before they are so winning. They saw Jesus as an intercessor. They used to pray for people and be very, very vibrant in prayer. Something tragic happened, they went back to their prayer last night for what they were doing. They were not prayers. They saw Jesus as a generous giver and they were giving generously. Then something happened. Maybe they lost their job or they lost their business or something and they went back, they, they went back to their fishing business. That happens to everybody. But what did the scripture tell us? When Jesus rose up, the first person Jesus appeared to was the Peter. The quote and unquote people that have gone back. And he restored him. God sent me this morning. For everyone that has seen a glimpse of Jesus before. And because of one challenge or the other. 
one difficulty or the other, one problem or the other, one temptation or the other, you have drawn back to where you are or who you are before you saw Jesus. God told me to tell you this, this morning, be restored. Amen. Be restored. Amen. Remember what Jesus told Peter? He said, Satan has desired to sift you as wheat. That temptation is a plan of the devil. It's a trick of the enemy. He wants to rob you of the glorious destiny God has for you. He said, but I have prayed for you. Hallelujah. And I want to declare to someone this morning, Jesus is your intercessor. He's praying for you. And I am also praying for you as your pastor. I have prayed for you. Told him, when you are, when you are converted, strengthen your brethren. Go back. Go back to them. Don't go back to fishing. Go back to the apostolic ministry I've given you. Thank God Peter went back. And you too, whoever you understand my voice, you shall go back. Amen. When you see him, and you are becoming like him, never let anything draw you back to who you are. You may make mistakes. You may not get it right as you, as you want. But you know what you're supposed to do, child of God? You're supposed to rise up on your feet and go at it again. Go at it again. Hallelujah. Rise on your feet this morning. The preceding message was brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. We are located at Kingsword Auditorium, Etel Avenue, behind NNPC Filling Station, First Bank Bus Stop, off Kudarat Abiola Way, Argun, Lagos. Email kmiafrica at kingsword.org. Telephone 234-810-00-00640.